Podcast Fresh on the last episode of Podcast Fresh. She's a producer and actress known for the Oprah Winfrey show from 1986 onwards, Lee Daniels, The Butler in 2013, and A Wrinkle in Time 2018. Um, she has been nominated for two Oscars, a bunch of other awards, obviously, but just in terms of uh, the Oscars, she's been nominated for uh, two of them. Check out this gangster move. She permanently withdrew herself and her show from consideration for a Daytime Emmy Award after being awarded the Lifetime Achievement Award in 1998. She was quoted as saying, quote, after you've achieved it for a lifetime, what else is there? End quote. What a boss. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm going to let my homies rap on you. You know what I mean? It's, just, it's not even worth my time. Tupac style right there. That's gangster. This is a story all about how a cat and Chris just both sat down. So we'd like to take some time and chill out there. We'd like to talk a bit about the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. All right, everybody. Welcome to show number 33 of Podcast Fresh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. The show that reviews every single episode in this great show that we call... The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. My name is Chris Torres. I'm having a good week, you know, and um, it's been cold, you know, if I can say that. I've, you know, we're in the almost mid, almost late May here, and I had to wear a toque the other morning to walk my dog. So, whatever's going on with the weather systems, man, it's crazy. Like, I don't even know, like, if it's global warming or what have you, but damn, just feels like the seasons are, the, the bad seasons, the colder ones are just getting a little bit longer and longer, you know? Ryan, what's going on, my brother? Yeah, I think today, though, was the noticeable hot day for me where I was like, oh, okay, I could just go into work with a sweater. Haven't done this yet. Right. Um, so that was nice. But yeah, no, it, it gets very, uh, it's still like not a good, we're not at that good weather stage. It's still like, it'll randomly get cold. It'll randomly, a lot of rain uh, just up until a few days ago. Like there was just rain left and right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know what's going on with the weather. It's crazy. Probably is global warming. Um but hey, what, what, what can we do? Well, you can recycle for one. You know, if you want, if you want, if you want one. I, I knew that. If was you want coming. a quick tip, <laughs> if you want a pro tip, man, I do recycle. I do my best. I recycle everything. I, I you know, I throw out my garbage. I, I our, our our place doesn't have a compost area, so sometimes I gotta throw that in with the uh, with the garbage. But I recycle a lot yeah. of it too, right? I use, I reuse a lot of coffee grounds, and I mix it in with soil for the plants and stuff like that. So there's a lot that I end up reusing. But uh, sometimes I wonder, like, I wonder if these places are just full of shit, and you know, when they take away our stuff, it just goes. Some of it just goes to a landfill anyway, you know. Especially if like resources Man. are running low or something. But I don't know. I don't know what got me thinking that's about that. A, but yeah. that's a that's not a good thought. That's something that's like, yeah. We could go down the rabbit hole there. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's... Ugh. But I recently... I, I don't understand one thing that's been going on where I live in Barrie. They, they started to take my garbage every week. It used to be, like, bi-weekly, right? right? Now it's literally every Wednesday they'll come and collect the garbage. And I just... I don't know what changed. And every time I try to, like, look up online, like, my garbage, like, area, like, what... what how it works, like... Because I know recycling is every Monday. 
Okay. But then the garbage used to be every bi biweekly on a Wednesday. Right. So I was just like, okay. But then I started picking up that people are putting their garbage every single week. So I'm wondering, like, what the hell changed? Right. I've been in this conundrum with the garbage, so I'm asking like everybody, like what time, what day is your garbage? Like, is it every week? So, Chris, I haven't asked the Torontonian yet. Is it every week or is it? It's like every week, <laughs> bi-weekly. It is every week. Okay. Our what garbage, hell, our garbage gets picked up every every Tuesday. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> you can tell this is my first rodeo. Yeah, it is your first rodeo. Rodeo. What have you been doing this week? Anything fun? Happy Thursday. Oh, man, it feels like a Tuesday. I feel like the the week just started. It's a really, really weird. Uh, no, I haven't done anything of note. Um, yeah, to be honest with you, it actually I finally beat that no, go ahead. double dragon neon game. So, yeah, I, I was saying on the last uh, show we did how how that was just like hell on earth. We couldn't beat the final boss. Tiff and I finally beat the last boss. That's um, awesome. Yeah, with the cheat code. So that, that's nice. I'm going to give that a little spotlight uh, on the cafe yeah. tomorrow. But, um, the cheat code. <clears throat> the cheat, no, not the cheat code. You use the cheat code. It's the only way you beat that. No, no, no. you cheated. Isn't Konami? I want, you, I want you drug tested. I think you cheated in that game. I don't think you and my sister beat anything. <laughs> <For some roids>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys gave up, you turned that off, and then you went to the McDonald's drive-in. Yeah, the first night when we couldn't beat it. <laughs> but then we beat it. <laughs> when, when you, when you um, guys go to McDonald's, do you bring all the dogs with you? Hell no. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you guys brought that. It's a fucking circus. <laughs> no way. It's usually I go by myself to pick it up. As it should be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, no, man. My dog, Luli, is a G. She'll come with me. And, like, I don't have to tell her anything. She will, like, I'll just be looking at her and I'll be like, let's go for a ride. And she knows. That's awesome. So she'll separate herself from the other yeah. three. And then we'll go outside and, like, no leash, no any. I don't have to do anything. Like, she, well, I'll just walk to my car and she waits for the for me to open the passenger door. I'll open the passenger <laughs> door. She'll jump what in. a bus. I'll get in. All she wants is for me to put down the window so she could stick her head out. We go for a little ride. I'll get yeah. the food. And she she knows it's cool because on the right way back, she gets some extra fries, some freebies. Right. So, you know, the, the, <laughs> it's it's the ones that she can get while the other ones and the other ones will have no idea. Um yeah, and then right, I come right. out, I'll open the door for her. She'll come down. She'll look at me, whatever, and then we just go inside. It's the funniest thing. It's like a little. It's literally like having a little, a little best friend, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. She's so smart. That dog, man. Shit, I couldn't do that with any other dog. I, I am. But all right, let's start off with my episode. A funny thing happened on the way to the forum. This is from season three, episode eleven, original air date November twenty three, nineteen ninety two. Dang. Um. Boy, we were in for a doozy. <laughs> yeah, we're in for a doozy here. We start off in the point of view of a creepy person coming in through the kitchen. And, uh, you know, Jeffrey's there is kind of cleaning up the kitchen. And he turns around. Poor guy. He's got a water bottle in one hand. And at this point, the kids all come in. They're teasing Jeffrey. Um and it's all because they're playing this game. And now Jeffrey's got this like rubber dart on his forehead. <laughs> and he says, I don't get paid enough for this crap. The, ki- the kids muse who it might be. So I guess they're playing, uh, what's his game called, Ryan? Um, murder Mystery or whatever the hell it's called? Clue? Is it Murder Mystery? I have no idea. I don't know. I've never played this I game. I don't think they ever it. actually legitimately said what they're playing. Right. <laughs> but it's one I mean? of them games where like, well, you got to figure out who the killer is or who whatever. Who the killer is, yeah. Anyway, 
The kids are musing about who it might be. Carlton narrows it down to one suspect. Enter Will Smith. He gets the big John Cena entrance. Um, Will comes in. He's being all crazy. He asks who trampled through Aunt Viv's garden. Uh, Will says that it wasn't him, but uh, Hillary's kind of doesn't believe him. At this point, I don't know this game, so I don't know what the hell is going on. I don't know about you, right. man. I was like, what yeah, is I happening here? Hillary doesn't believe way. him about what? What's Will trying to do here? Will goes outside to answer a knocking. Uh, the door is knocking. And from the point of view of the camera, Will asks, oh, I bet you know. So he's breaking down the fourth wall. And then the point of view of the camera nods. And bing, Will gets a rubber dart to the forehead. So we start off pre-creds with a little uh, Mr. Yossi here. What did you think about this intro, Ryan? And could you right away remember what episode we were about to get into? Not based off this uh, this uh, scene. This, <laughs> this scene honestly doesn't really do much for the overall episode. Gotcha. Um, it's not, you know, it's it was fun. It's not necessarily bad or anything. Um, I think at this point I was so happy that we moved on from the Robertson shit that I'm just like, give me any yeah. you got. You, you want darts on the floor? You want some pecan pie? It's like, no, get out of my kitchen. I want you out of my kitchen. What are you doing down here, you crazy senile old man, you know? After the credits, Aunt Viv is in the living room. She's doing these, like, breathing exercises. Will makes her beg for a Scooby snack. It's like, where are we going here? Will makes a joke about how all this heavy breathing got her here in the first place. Crowd had a mixed reaction to that, I think. Um, Phil, Uncle Phil arrives, and he's ready to take Viv to her baby class. But you can tell Phil's full of shit because he's way too excited. Like he, he's, not, he's not being animated, but he's just kind of like, ho-hum, let's go. That's, you know, taking everything in stride. Uh, at this point, Phil goes to grab some stuff uh, that he needs to bring to the class, and he pulls his back, and he he, he says that uh, he's just he's just being tremendous here. He says to Viv, "Can I just lay down for like two three hours? I'll be fine." Um, so he's clearly faking the whole thing. At this point, Will grabs the bags, and as he's walking away, he's eyeing Phil. Phil's looking at Will. Will's looking at Phil. You can tell like uh, a bullshitter can detect a bullshitter, you know. And Will ends up just leaving. And as soon as he's out, uh, Phil breaks into a celebration. He goes, yes, he's like being a ridiculous, uh, he's just being ridiculous here. And as he's going up the stairs, he gets caught by Aunt Viv. Freeze, bubble butt. <laughs> oh, this could get ugly. No, what do you have to say for yourself? Uh, 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 uh. Good answer, Admiral Stockdale. Uh. <laughs> This is very important to me and me. After all, you missed all the other births of your other children. Well, it wasn't my fault. Fathers weren't allowed in the delivery room back then. Well, they are now, and I would like you to share this experience. Well, I intend to. I will be pacing up and down in the waiting room where a man's supposed to be. Oh, fine. If that's the way you feel, forget it. Oh, wait, wait. Vivian! And so Viv gives him shit. She reminds him that he missed all of his kids' births. Phil says, well, it's because we weren't allowed in there. And Viv says, well, you are now, and I want you there. You know, and I want you to share in this moment. Phil says that he'll be there pacing up and down the hallways. And Viv, uh, obviously, it's not good enough. Viv gets mad, and uh, she leaves. And this is funny, because this kind of just leaves Phil and Will here. <laughs> Phil turns to Will and asks him, what's your problem, man? And Will says, he starts asking, like, he's pregnant, annoyed, and hurt by everything. And uh, he goes, I can't take this. And he just walks out uh, of the, uh, so we have a little ha-ha there. 
Back in the kitchen, Viv's pissed. She's venting to Jeffrey, even snaps at him. Then she apologizes. She goes, sorry, uh, sorry, G. She goes, um, you know, it's not you. It's just everything that's going on. She asks one of the kids to go with her to this class, and uh, all the excuses come up. Homework, a tennis lesson for Carlton, and Hillary with the best one. I just don't want to, which was just... Um, it's not the first time she's just been completely honest like that and just be like, no, I just don't want to. Jeffrey asks if she's still sure that she wants another baby, which I thought was a nice little line here. Weird that we're getting uh, like a, not weird, but it's interesting that we're just going to incorporate the the baby into the show, which eventually the baby is born and things like that. And then you have uh, the, the newest member. But um, it's cool to see like the genesis of all of that happen uh, here in um in season three at this point will offers to be her coach so in the next scene they kind of arrive at this uh at these classes and he's having second thoughts and he doesn't want to go in there and this is cool vince kind of uh vince viv kind of just tells him to to just be basic just just coach me that's all you need uh just kind of cheerlead her on and uh she pulls him in and will stops to look at a poster of a woman's body giving birth before birth rather and he just ends up screaming just kind of like a ridiculous uh ridiculous scene here but to me it kind of i got those same vibes like last season when will took his uh and viv to the dance studio so he scored her there so he, just having her scored here to the to the baby classes it is kind of nice and Part of like the the sadness of season three is knowing that this is uh, Janet Hubert's last season with uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, but um, so she'll she'll definitely be missed. But all these episodes with like, and I think that's why she's so ingrained in the whole thing because even like technically the character's baby, uh, in a strange way, is kind of like the lasting legacy of that because we know that you know her getting pregnant is what led to. Uh, most of these issues happening with her leaving. I wonder if she would have left anyway, though. So after getting well to relax, uh, they go inside. At this point, a total babe in a red jacket shows up. It's Danny. <laughs> Danny's also pregnant. And uh, she's here for her class. And she doesn't have a partner. So Will introduces himself and says that she's got the same name of his favorite sports writer. It's her, dummy. Uh, so they, they play that a little back and forth there. Eventually it is her. Will then spends the next moments between helping Viv and then helping Danny. And at one point it's funny because Viv's like, Will, what are you doing? And she goes, he goes, oh yeah, you're right. And she grabs her pillows and brings them over to Danny, which was just tremendous. So after going over to Danny, um, Will's just being a bastard here, but thankfully Phil shows up to make the save. Viv says that the only reason he's there is because he doesn't want to sleep on the couch. I, I apologize. You were right. I have a responsibility, and, and I need to be here tonight. No, you don't. You just don't want to sleep on the couch, Philip. Well, I hate sleeping on that thing. It's all lumpy. Uh, remember, partners, lots of touching and hugging. So, um... That was kind of nice. I like how he was kind of just, kind of just pouting. I think it was just, I thought it was just silly enough that you could almost forgive it. You know, it's kind of like, well, you know, okay, fine. Because by now I'm getting like a weird feeling in my stomach. Like this is a really strange episode so far. And so I'm like, okay, are we getting ready to blast up into space? We'll find out. Will's getting all giddy at this point. He's helping Danny out with the exercises. Um, they're breathing and stuff like that. But they're getting really, really close. And Will stays with her. And at this point, she invites him to watch the Lakers from the press box on Saturday. So 
At this point, Will just starts having like a panic attack. <laughs> and so now it's hilarious because now they flip roles and now Danny has to tend to Will. Okay, I can't breathe. Lie back here. Okay, take it slow. Take it slow. Breathe. I like that. Uh, I like that little change in dynamic okay, focus, focus, there. Focus, and focus. I liked Will just completely marking out at the thought of having these press box tickets to uh, the Lakers game. The next scene, Danny and Will are hanging out in the back of the limo. It's awesome because she sits down and uh, she's got this giant tray of food and she goes, "Oh, Will, you're not hungry," which I thought was really awesome. But hey, man, when you're pregnant. You get the munchies and you get want to eat everything, so um, it's all good. At this point, the driver comes in from the back and he sits down. <laughs> this fucking guy. So what's with this free trade agreement? They're going to set it up demographically or what? Tony, why aren't you driving? Because nobody else is. The parking lot's all jammed up. You going to eat those fries? Uh-oh. Well, what's the matter? Uh, my water broke. Oh, that's cool. We got another one right here in the fridge. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I think I'm having the baby. Oh, I just had the car clean. Can't you hold it for a couple of hours? <laughs> I think that means no tone. Do something, man. You think I got time to scotch guard? <laughs> the woman's having a baby, you idiot. Hey, I have feelings, you know. Hey, I'm sorry. Hey, no, Will, 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 I need you. Stay. All right, all right, all right. It's, it's cool, Danny. Um, I, I know exactly what to do. He's got, like, the biggest, like, New York accent you've ever heard in your life. And uh, he's just so ridiculous. The funny part is, for me, is, dude, the first time I saw this episode, which was, like, two days ago, I didn't... Um, I didn't put two and two together that she was Danny's personal driver. I didn't put that together. I just thought like that they had rented this limo. So when I saw the limo driver go back there and then just sit down and be like, what do you think they're doing with this pipeline? You know, uh, to me, I was like, oh, my God, this is so like we're really going into Mars now. Um, but it turns out it's Danny's. Uh, so today when I saw it again, I realized that no, 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 it's Danny's limo and it's Danny's personal driver or whatever. And then it just became funny, but in a completely different way. It was so fucking like inception. You know, I saw it in two different uh, versions in my mind. But uh, yeah, he was great. It ended up working out in both versions in my mind. So at this point, her water breaks. Tony says, you think I got time for some Scotch guard? <laughs> get the fuck out of here. So they said this guy to get help. They cut to this shot of Will just popping his head out of the fucking limo. And he's like, help. And at the last second, you see Danny's hand reach up, grab him, pull him back in, which I thought was a nice little touch there. And some guy responds, I'm a doctor. And he makes off. He starts to make his way over there. And all he hears like a giant crash noise in the background. And Will at this point goes, okay, is there a doctor for the doctor? And I'm going to put, I'm going to put a thick black line right here. And, at this point, to me, this is when I realized, okay, we're fucking going to Mars. Strap me in. You know what I mean? Like, this episode has officially left the rails. Once Will is asking for a doctor for a doctor in a dire, serious situation, that's when I'm like, okay, I'm out. Like, I'm, I'm strap me in. We're going to Mars. Just Danny's just coming off to me, like, just so likable. Like, there's just, she's just so different from 
any other character that's appeared on on this show, in my opinion, up until now. Like she's 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 like a different um she's like a different type of personality, which I like. Back in the limo, Will screaming for 911, get her a damn ambulance. Um, Will and Danny exchange screams. He's screaming for help. She's screaming because of the pain. Will is timing it. They're 10 seconds apart. She's having a baby. Will, Kells, and Viv, because what else do you do in that situation? Hillary picks up the phone instead, and she doesn't know where Aunt Viv is, and to stop playing around. I, I, I was, Will's like, hey, there's this baby, and blah, blah, blah. So it sounds pretty incredulous, and Hillary's not biting it. We return to the point of view camera, which is super creepy, by the way, the way it's shot. But um, this is kind of like the Halloween episode, if you will. Uh, the POV camera guy comes in as Hillary's telling Will that she doesn't believe him. And then, bing, now Hillary has a dart on her forehead, so she's out. And she goes, she's got a great line here. She goes, great, now I'm going to have a red mark on my forehead like Carlton in his yearbook picture. <laughs> Only Hillary could be so petty about something like that. So it fits, the line fits the character perfectly. I love it. I love it. <laughs> and here's another banger. Then Danny right after this goes, I'm going through all this in the back of a limo because of what went on in the back of a Jeep. And then Will with the best fucking line, Will goes, wow, I got to get myself a Jeep. <laughs> But it's just the way he said it. I got to get myself a Jeep. <laughs> Danny's having some crazy contractions at, uh, I don't know why I said it like that, contractions. The contractions were happening at this point. <laughs> Danny's having some crazy uh, contractions, not construction at this point. Reba, not Rebel. She asks Will to knock her out with a bottle of Dom Perignon, which I thought was hilarious. So she asks for the bottle of Dom Perignon, and Will's like, I really don't think she's a, not to drink, to knock me out with it. But I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> so I'm wondering what I just typed there. Danny wants to make a run for the public washroom so that she can have the baby on the bathroom floor with some dignity. What in the hell is going on here with this episode? It's just going to hell. Will stops her, and he asks for the champagne bottle instead. And then it's Dr. Finkelbaum. Dr. Finkelbaum climbs in, and uh, he goes, what seems to be the problem here? And Danny goes, I broke a nail. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what, do you th what the fuck do you think is going on here, you fuck? At this point, the driver shows up again. Tony, you think we got time for Timmy's run? You know, just walks in there. And uh, he's brought help this time. So he's got the paramedics and the different people coming in that from different cars that he's been able to, uh, to wave down. Um, what I also like about this dynamic between Will and Danny is that I feel like even though Will is like attracted to her in whatever way, I feel like Danny likes Will, but it's strictly like a friendship platonic thing, right? And it never gets weirder than that. And I kind of like that. I kind of like the idea of Will having these friends that, female friends, that they're just friends and nothing more. And it's not because, you know what I mean? He, he There's something wrong with them and he doesn't want to date them, you know? Paramedics arrive shortly thereafter. The driver at this point leaves, so Tony gets back into his seat. Will tries to leave at this point, and uh, Danny stops him and says that uh, you need to stay. She asks for drugs. She tells him, get out there on the street and score. What in the fuck? It's like, okay. Well, Danny, uh, thanks for a wonderful evening. Um, I'll call you. <laughs> oh, no, Will, don't leave me. <laughs> All right, Danny, Danny, uh, I'll stay here and I'll help you focus. Focus? I don't want to focus. I want drugs. Now get out in that parking lot and score. 
Danny, isn't it? Wow. We are openly just telling Will to go out there and buy drugs, which you can go to prison. At that time in the United States, you're you're going to prison, dog. Um, but I thought that was a wild line. And the next scene, Danny's had the baby. She lets Will hold the baby afterward. Will didn't really want to hold the baby, but uh, ends up holding the baby. And it's a really nice little scene here. Later on in the night, Will comes in through the kitchen. He goes, is anybody home? He grabs a banana, starts walking into the kitchen. Then he just goes, Shaba! And he walks into the living room with the lights off. And he almost sits on Phil, who's on the couch. Remember, Phil's got fucking couch duty. He's got a reservation for uh, one for two nights stay, probably the weekend. Um, but he's on couch duty. He explains it away that uh, his massage therapist and then he caves in and Will's like, she kicked you out, didn't she? You're damn right she did. So that, that, that was really funny. <laughs> Will tells Phil how the whole thing was uh, with respect to the night and delivering the baby. And he goes, quote, I was the first person the baby saw upside down. And uh, he uh, finishes uh, just telling Phil how amazing it was. Phil's looking at Will like a, almost like a proud father of Will, but at the same time, he almost has like an epiphany and thinking that what it could possibly mean for himself or Phil um, if he is there when uh, when it's time to deliver the baby. So I think for Phil, it's kind of like a not a come to Jesus moment, but a, uh, just to take a long look in the mirror and uh, just just analyze yourself, especially knowing earlier that he wasn't there for any of his kids, other kids' births, but for obvious reasons, like, you know, generally men weren't allowed in uh, during those times or anybody, really, aside from the doctors. So, there you go. The baby's name was Jackie Robinson Mitchell, because of course. <laughs> um, at this point, Viv comes downstairs and she goes to Phil. Well, I bet you feel like a big dope, huh? Which I thought was a really nice line and it did get some uh, some laughs from the audience. Um, Phil uses the same line about seeing the baby upside down, the same one that he just took from Will. And uh, Viv thinks that it's sweet but that she's going to kill him anyway. And she pulls out a gun and she shoots uh, She shoots him in the forehead. And afterwards, there's a cut scene where Will pretends to drop by, drop the baby, which was funny. Um, so yeah, so the last scene is the end of that murder mystery game or whatever the hell they're playing. Bro, what the hell was this episode? This was a wild one. It's kind of like the equivalent of, uh, you know, in pro wrestling, they have like the cinematic matches. This was just kind of like, we're going to do a really strange episode of The Fresh Prince that's probably not going to, uh, you know, meet anything, you know, too much in terms of canon and stuff like that. But it was just a wild, wild episode. So, yeah, it is interesting because if you look back at season one, it kind of had its own flavor, right? The episodes were mostly based around stuff happening directly to in the house or in school. There were some cameos and stuff like that, but it didn't go too, too crazy. And then in season two, we started getting more like experimental episodes, digging in a little bit uh, deeper into the, the, the history of the family. And then now, uh, this is like the first episode where there's been certain parts of episodes where they've gone into space, but never has... There really been like an entire episode that's been in Pluto, you know what I mean? And this one's definitely uh <laughs> definitely there. Alright, let's get into the trivia facts, goofs, 
Chris Williams and Vanessa Williams. Um, well, obviously Vanessa Williams is in the episode, but I didn't know that Chris Williams was one of the paramedics. He was in the... Uh, I didn't recognize him. He was uh, in the limo there. And uh, he's the real-life younger brother of Vanessa Williams. So Chris Williams, uh, man, he's just one of those actors that if you've ever watched any kind of TV, he's always has... You've seen him, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's just got that... Uh, he's worked pretty much on everything, so you've seen him somewhere at some point. Um, but uh, his mini bio here from IMDb, an extremely versatile performer in film, television, and on stage. Chris is no stranger to the entertainment arena, both on and off camera, in both comedy and drama. Film credits include the world's fastest Indian... Um, uh, Dodgeball, a true underdog story, the lottery ticket, Friday after the next sex ed, and more. But he's done a uh, he's done a ton of stuff on TV, and I'm a huge uh, Kirby Enthusiasm fan. It's probably one of my favorite uh, television series for sure. And uh, he plays um, Crazy Ice Killer, which is this rapper that he that um, Larry David meets in a couple of the seasons. And I always like Crazy Ice Killer. So that's that's cool to see, man. Uh, but there you go. He was in the... Uh, he was in There's a Paramedic. Vanessa Williams appears as a pregnant character. Williams was, in fact, pregnant at the time. Um, the title of this show... Of this uh, episode, rather, is a take on the title of the Stephen Sondheim musical, A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum. Um, Vanessa Williams and James Avery previously acted together in Full Exposure, the sex tape scandal uh, from 1989. And Vanessa Williams would eventually marry Los Angeles Lakers small forward Rick Fox. So she was awesome. And she's had an amazing career. I mean, by the time she appeared on Fresh Prince, she was like already in her early 30s. But I feel like I still kept seeing her like going into the late 90s and the early 2000s you know she was just in uh in a ton of movies if you want to watch a nice hidden gem check her out in um light it up she is in there opposite uh usher these kids in high school and um they get pissed off and a bunch of different things happen but they basically end up taking the um the security guard in the school hostage and it becomes like a hostage situation outside. And like Usher's one of the kids. It's awesome. It's a really, really good movie. I haven't seen it in a while, so I don't know if it holds up. But um, that was uh, that was really good. And I could be wrong, but I believe Vanessa Williams either plays one of the uh, one of the teachers or maybe the um, negotiator. That's it. Yeah, yeah. So you can check her out in there. But she's had a hell of a hell of a career. She's just somebody that, like, like I said, like I always, I've always heard of Vanessa Williams, whether in music or movies. It just seems like she's had such a long career, and uh, to know that she was already in her early 30s here by the time she appeared in the show is pretty impressive. And then my boy Tony, played by Don Yeso, um, <laughs> I like Tony in this episode. It was awesome. Um, unfortunately, it is a one-off uh, appearance for Tony, but. Uh, he was born in Louisiana, uh, born in November 27th, 1954. Um, he was, uh, yeah, he's done a bunch of different things, but uh, he's currently living in, where is he living? He lives in Baton Rouge. Yeah, it's too bad we don't get any more of uh, Tony. Some of these characters, I wish they would stick around, you know what I mean? Uh, 
kind of like, I don't know, who's the revolving character in season two? Tyreek, right? Ty was awesome. Ty was awesome. He's definitely missed. And the last piece of trivia is uh, regarding her newborn baby, Danny Mitchell. Um, Vanessa Williams tells Will that she saved the best for last. This is in reference to Vanessa Williams' 1992 number one hit, Save the Best for Last. All right, and the funny uh, zinger, funny line of the show, it's the one where Will is walking by Viv and she's doing the uh, breathing exercises. Good Aunt Vivian, good Aunt Vivian. Here, beg for a Scooby snack. Cut it out. I'm trying to practice my breathing for Lamaze class. Mm, I don't know, Aunt Viv. Seemed to me all that heavy breathing's what got you in this mess in the first place. Hey, 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 hey. Hello, sweetheart. Hi, honey. Hi, Will. Hey, Phil. You ready for your Lamar's class? Philip, you mean you actually want to take me? I was waiting for some lame excuse. Last week you said your dog died. He did. Philip, he died 20 years ago. Still hurts. I just thought that was uh, maybe not the funniest, but um, I, I did like the, 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 the play on words there. You know, like seems like all that heavy breathing is what you got, uh, got in this mess in the first one. place, so... I thought that was, yeah, I thought that was that all was right. Good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Ryan, give us your score. And what did you think about this episode, man? Uh, I'm going to give it a nice little uh, 7 out of 10. Um, obviously, this is a very big Pluto episode, probably the biggest. Um, just in terms of like trying to make this. Right. Because it's still a cohesive episode at the end of the day. There was still structure to it. And uh, it's not like they abandoned anything. We didn't go back in time. We didn't go into the future. This was just a crazy-ass episode in the life of Will Smith. Um, I thought it was funny. I thought um, Vanessa Williams did a great job. Great acting. Um, the Tony, I think, was a huge standout to me. Man. He, he, he was easily the show stealer for me. I thought he, he was so good. Uh just that New York Italian like New Yorker kind of guy that uh, just wants to be in yeah the world, so know? good but uh, I thought it was funny man even though we went to Pluto I thought it was done very well it does get a little bit ridiculous by having like you know Dr. Dr. Finkelbaum that was kind of like a random little addition there but um, everything else was fine I liked um, that there was even still time to have a little come to Jesus between Will and Phil where they kind of share that moment where, you know, Will tells him how much this affected him greatly. And then it kind of makes Phil just pull the trigger and say, fuck it. You know, I'll be in that room when uh, when the baby's born. Right. Well, that's cool. The POV stuff, the, the murder mystery thing sprinkled throughout the episode, even from the first scene all the way to the, to the end. I mean, it's fine, but there were certain points where I'm like, uh, you know, it was becoming more of a distraction than anything else, and I didn't think it really needed that. Yeah. No, definitely. I will say, I every time that that POV stuff came on screen, I forgot it was a thing. I forgot that this was like, an, uh, like a little background plot that's going on. Yeah. Um, I would have been totally okay. Not totally okay. I probably would have criticized it on this show, but I think viewing it, I would have been fine. If they didn't pay it off at the end where Vivian was the one that had the, the gun. Like, if they uh, never showed that, I think watching it, I would have just forgot about that whole thing completely. Never would have batted an eye. But because we're critical here at Podcast Fresh and, you know, we analyze the shit out of these things. Um, I obviously would have been like, what the hell was all that about? What a waste of time. Whatever. But, um, uh, yeah, okay. I'll give it the credit, though. They wrapped it up at the end. Uh, and it happened to be Vivian, probably the most unlikely person. Cool. 
yeah, they played this game throughout the entire episode. I mean, I guess it was fine, but I didn't really think anything of it. And to me, it was just kind of like a little spider web that you didn't need. You know, the episode was fine by itself. But having said that, with the way that Viv reacted to Phil playing these games to try to get out of coming to the baby class, like she was upset, but she wasn't like, you know, her feelings were hurt or something crazy like that. It was more like a frustration thing, right? Right. So the way they handle that actually kind of did match the ridiculousness of the whole thing. I think if Viv had really been hurt and, you know, she had her feelings hurt and blah, 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 then you would need to do like a serious conversation between Phil and Viv. And they kind of do uh, a really short one until Viv pulls out the gun and shoots Phil in the head. So it's almost used as like a device to lighten up the scene in what would might have otherwise been a uh, more tense situation. That is the one thing that I just wish was handled better because we don't know why Phil is so... Um, why like we don't know why he doesn't want to go to these classes he's reluctant on this baby like i get it you don't want another baby but like they don't really explain why and it's a show it's it's you you have to explain everything so right i, I that is a missed opportunity i feel like they could have done a lot better there but um if you know they're also smart to not make vivian very hurt about it because if she was and we never got that payoff conversation then uh, this would have been questionable yeah definitely but yeah, for a for a show that uh, for an episode that went into space, I thought it was uh, I thought it was a good one. I'm going to give this episode a uh, a nine. I'm going to give this episode a nine out of ten. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I really enjoyed it. I laughed several times. Um, just even the sec, I watched this episode three times, which is on average for for the show. And, but when I saw it today, just a, like a quick refresher before we started, it went. <laughs> Just to see Tony, what do you think to do with the pipeline? Because <laughs> <It's just so laughs> he just sits back there, like, what the fuck, you know? Like, and it's just so funny that, like, because one thing we never see, like, you you never see, like, a celebrity in the backseat and, like, the driver comes and, like, joins them, you know what I mean? That's so funny. it's a different dynamic that they were stuck in traffic, so the driver went, uh, went, went back there. Right. It was pretty funny. And I, for me, limousine episodes are always memorable. Like there's one episode in, I think, How I Met Your Mother, where they end up spending new... Uh, these, are you familiar with that show? No, not really. No? there's And that's funny because a lot of people say if you like Friends, you'll like this show. But anyway, they spend New Year's Eve in, in a limo because they if something happens and... They get stuck in traffic or something like that, and they miss the ball dropping, so they end up just having like a New Year's um, in the limousine. So I thought that was, that's kind of like what this reminded me of. Not saying they were the same or anything, but right. um, just like a limousine episode. No, that was kind of cool. I like this episode. I'm going to give this a 9 out of 10. Uh, I mean, they had a lot of help here. You had a Vanessa Williams, who's just a powerhouse. You had a young brother, Chris, kind of holding it down there as a paramedic. <laughs> So uh, the stars were out for this one. Um, just crazy enough, but also very enjoyable. I couldn't have said it better, like the way you said it. Like it went to Mars, but it was interesting the whole time. That's exactly how I would call this. I think if it, if you were to add one more layer, you could have ruined it. Like if you would have added Jazzy Jeff here, I think you would have totally would have ruined totally it. Overkill. And that's sometimes what happens is they overdress it. Right. 
And, uh, you know, I like a nice messy chicken sandwich every now and then. But, you know, I don't want the mayo running down my arm either. You know what Ooh, I'm saying? I yeah. That. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, with that visual out of the way, we're going to play a little Tupac for you guys. And on the roundabout way, on the way back, on the flip side, as Ryan likes to say, because he skateboards. What? Um, we'll get into the next uh, review. I don't think I've ever said flip side. <laughs> <laughs> Spell her name. That's not our problem, that's up to Brenda's family. Well, let me show you how it affects our whole community. Now, Brenda really never knew her moms, and her dad was a junkie putting death into his arms. It's sad, cause I bet Brenda doesn't even know. Just cause you're in the ghetto doesn't mean you can't grow. But oh, that's a vote, my own revelation. Do whatever it takes to resist the temptation. Brenda got herself a boyfriend. Her boyfriend was a cousin, now let's watch the joy. And she tried to hide a pregnancy from a family who really didn't care to see or give a damn if she went out and had a church of kids. As long as when the check came, they got first dips. Now Brenda's belly's getting bigger But no one seems to notice any change in her figure She's 12 years old and she's having a baby In love with the molester who's sex and her crazy And yet and also thinks that'll be with her forever And dreams of a world with the two of them are together Whatever, he left there and she had the baby solo She had it on the bathroom floor and didn't know so She didn't know what to throw away and what to keep She wrapped the baby up and threw him in a trash heap I guess she thought she'd get away with hear the cross she didn't realize how much the little baby had her eyes now the baby's in the trash balling mama can't help her but it hurts to hear her calling brenda wants to run away mama say you're making me lose pay and social workers here every day now brenda's gotta make her own way can't go to a family they won't let her stay no money no babysitter she couldn't keep a job she tried to sell crack but ends up getting robbed so now what's next it ain't nothing left to sell so she sees sex as a way of leaving hell it's paying the rent so she really can't complain prostitute fans swing and brenda's a name she's got a baby
right, everybody, welcome back to the show. Let's proceed with uh, episode 12 titled Cold War. Um, I thought this was an interesting name of, of, for a title because I didn't really get it until I saw the end of this episode. And I was like, ah, Cold War. Interesting. It's mm-hmm. a cool play on words. <laughs> um, yeah, episode came out December 7th, 1992. It's almost Christmas time. So we begin at the bank's house. The only setting of this show, by the way, except for one other scene. We have a boasting Carlton in a tank top and shorts. He's flexing on how he pushed 180 today at the gym and then proceeds to pull a Hulk Hogan and he kisses his biceps. Um, I've never seen Carlton so damn confident. Like, he's definitely been more confident as the show goes on, but this was probably the the, uh, the pinnacle of Carlton right now. Yeah, he's in good shape. He's jacked and uh, yeah. just being super annoying. <laughs> I love how that's the second part. He's like, yeah, man, he's jacked and just super. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, Will wants to arm wrestle him. He's had enough of his shit. They arm wrestle, and Carlton's left with Will's hands in his clutches. It's like a fake hand that came out of Will's sleeve. It's like Will planned this all along. That was a left turn I did not expect. I thought that was it hilarious. was a little strange, and you're right, completely out of left field. This is still, they're coming off that last episode where they're in Pluto. They, they decided to do one more. When you rewatch it the second time, you can tell it's a fake hand. Exactly. Intro credits. After the intro credits, Hillary is in the kitchen having some OJ when Will and Carlton walk in from school. Carlton is mop, uh, he's moping around because before the weekend, Paula broke up with him. Is this the same girlfriend he had before randomly? I think it is. I've, I've heard Paula before. I think it's the one where Will Smith... One time made fun of her because she saw her in a bikini at the beach or something like that. Remember that one? I think it's the same girlfriend. Oh, maybe. It's kind of like the fictitious girlfriend we've never met. I don't think we've met yeah. Paula, have we? I don't know. Mm. We still haven't. Paula is like a, a focal point here and we didn't meet her. Either, right. So <clears throat> anyway, Will says, come on, you've had a whole weekend to get over it. <laughs> he also sees he didn't see the attraction. He says he didn't see the attraction. To which Carlton says, what are you talking about? She's a beautiful, intelligent girl with a dynamite body. Will goes, oh, yeah, I know. I just don't know what, what attracted her to you. Yeah. <laughs> um, Carlton, obviously, you know, he's, he's depressed by that. Will says it's a joke. Loosen up. Distract yourself. In walks Vivian and Phil. They have a uh, they have the sonogram results in an envelope where uh, they find out if the baby will be a boy or a girl. This envelope contains Mrs. Banks' sonogram. It's going to tell us whether or not the baby's a boy or a girl. How can you tell if it's a boy or a girl? Oh, Ashley, you are so naive. If it's a boy, it's blue. (laughs) Come on. I think it's time for another woman-to-woman talk. Okay. What do you want to know this time? Hillary's not planning on having kids, is she? Philip, I am not looking at this sonogram. It'll take away the excitement in the delivery room. Honey, half the thrill is finding out. Uh-huh. All right, then it's settled. We don't want to know. Of course, in the delivery room. I'm going to be too busy screaming. Okay, I want to know. No, I don't. Yes, I do. Now, this is exactly why the doctor changed his number on us, Vivian. <laughs> now, for the last time, do you want to know or don't you? No. Fine. Then I'll take the envelope. I'm not going to open it. I promise. Trust me. And Viv, I don't think so. See, this is the same dude that said a squirrel ate that six-pack of Milky Ways. I think 
think Jeffrey should hold on to it. Fine. And don't give it to us. No matter how much we insist. Got it. I think I can handle that. I got dressed all by myself this morning. <laughs> I feel good about this, Philip. I think we're doing the right thing, don't you? Yes, I agree, baby. We're doing the right thing. Mm. And Hillary's like, come on, when it's blue. <laughs> that popped me because it's like, these are all innocent kids at the end of the day. And they say things like this that kind of like bring me back to like reality. Like right. even though Hillary's 21, she's really immature. <laughs> Hillary's an idiot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, one thing I like here, they entrust Jeffrey with the results. I think that's the best choice if you don't want any anyone to know. I think he's a stellar choice for uh, to hold something secret. Um. Oh, sorry. Before we get into this. So in that scene, Phil asked or Will asked Phil, basically, how long do I have to wait before I could ask Carlton's girl uh, on a date where it's not going to hurt him or seem weird? But he doesn't say that outright. He kind of like does an analogy. And Phil basically is like, well, it better be very worth it to you. So Will is obviously a heel in this episode because he proceeds to call Paula and uh, plans a date with this girl. What did you think of this? Did you did you like this? Did you like this sudden heel turn in Will? Like I I automatically I was like, no, don't do this to Carlton, you asshole. Yeah, no, I definitely got the heel vibes, a hundred percent for sure. Um, right. Yeah, definitely, completely. Uh, Will comes across completely unlikable with his decision to do that, especially after you know, Phil get, tells him you know if it's worth it to you, kind of thing. And so Will makes the decision that it is worth it to him. But then yeah. he, later on, he pretends he doesn't even remember her name. So, that you know, it's like, uh, wait a minute. So who's playing who here? Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. No, I did not like this. <clears throat> nah. So, yeah, they plan a date. In the next scene, we see Phil asking Jeffrey where Vivian is. Jeffrey says, she's in the study. Should I go get her? And Phil's, Phil, this was hilarious. Oh, no, you do enough running around as it is. I hate to see you do everything. And Jeffrey's just like, have you been drinking, sir? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Phil says he'd feel a lot better if you just called him Phil. Jeffrey then says, wow, I'd feel a lot better if you washed your own under things. And, uh, man, Jeffrey just just being Jeffrey, I love it. And then Phil ultimately, like, what this is all leading to, he wants to see the sonogram, so he's buttering Jeffrey up. Then he offers Jeffrey a hundred bucks. And before Jeffrey can grab it, they get caught by Vivian. She's like, you should be ashamed of yourself, Philip. Then goes, I'd say, at least she offered me $200. Uh, I thought this was amazing. The only thing I don't understand is if she offered $200 and Jeffrey was so quick to pick up the $100, why didn't he pick the $200? You know what I mean? Because when, when Jeffrey says... 100 is great, but 200 is better. Even if he took the 200, that is still something that he would naturally say. Like, if he took the 200 and you're off for another 100, you might still say, yeah, but it's not as good as 200, right? For right. for Phil to ante up and give him 300. No, I get that. But the thing is, Vivian doesn't know the sex of the baby, which means Jeffrey never gave her the envelope. So if she offered him $200, what stopped Jeffrey from taking the $200? But he's so quick to get a hundred dollars down here from Phil. I thought it didn't really make any sense. Yeah. Uh, he never took the money from Viv, right? That's my point. So yeah. 
he says, at least she offered me $200. So why didn't he take it? Why was he so quick to grab the $100? We saw he automatically went for it, but then Vivian caught everything. Well, because if somebody gives you a hundred bucks, you might as well take it and ask for more rather than say, no, it's 200. And then Phil might put the hundred away. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I, I, it's I, greasy. I it's kind of like the guy at the, at the, at the flea market. Grabs your five dollars, you know, but before you know it, it's like, oh man, I just paid ten bucks, and all like I was a sandwich, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. It's uh, I, I really didn't think about it that deeply. Um, no, I, I'm actually like I'll say it's. I think it's an oversight in the ring. I honestly, it didn't make sense because Jeffrey's saying at least she offered me two hundred dollars. Then why didn't you take the two hundred dollars? Like you're about to take the hundred dollars here. We can't assume he was gonna hold up for ransom and say, "Oh, I I need some more," because we didn't see that. You know what I mean? And there, there's no trace of that that he did that with Vivian. So I'm just gonna say that they 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 messed up. I'm blaming it on them. I don't care. No, I don't think so because. You, but the thing is, your logic is you're assuming this is kind of like you're assuming a couple of things that have never been established. You're assuming that number one, only one of the parents can see the results, either Phil or Viv. It can't be both. And that leads to the second point. Jeffrey never said anything about, well, I'll only I'm only going to give the um, I'm only going to let one of you see it. Right. He's going to let both of them see it. It just depends how much money each of them are going to give him, right? So, when he, whether Viv already saw the uh, the results or not, by him saying, "Hey, by the way, Phil, you know your wife offered me two hundred, um, it's not to outbid her in a way. It is, but it's just to increase the amount of money that that Phil can pony up to give to to um, to Jeffrey. Jeffrey's this is not that." Hey, your wife gave more money than you. His this is, um, you know, obviously kind of like because you're not giving me this money, it obviously doesn't mean as much to you as it means to your wife, kind of thing. That's how I took it. And maybe I'm wrong on that one, but <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't believe it. I honestly, because the only thing I can see me um, maybe giving an oversight or assuming. I'm assuming that as soon as Jeffrey gets paid, he's going to show them the result. Whereas, I don't know if this is an auction. Is he doing an auction where they're going to keep giving him money? Whoever gave more is going to see there it. There could be an like auction. That's the one thing, there could that's, be the an one thing that's, not, that's not being shown. So it's like, I don't know. I'm still going to say it's an oversight. No. And Ryan being a heel. All right, we'll uh, run the scene here <clears throat> with uh, Paula calling the house. Hello? Oh, hi, Paula. Carlton's not here. Oh, well, who'd you want to talk to? Just a second. It's for you. It's Paula, as in Carlton's ex-girlfriend, Paula. Gee, I wonder why she want to talk to me. Maybe I should just find out. Hey, Paula, how you doing? Hey, I'm really looking forward to the night, so, so we can... <laughs> work on some homework. Yeah, but you should probably get some rest. Uh, we might have to pull an all-nighter. <laughs> Talk to you later. 
Will, dating Carlton's ex behind his back isn't nice. Ashley's right. If Carlton finds out, he may never speak to you again. Maybe you're onto something. <laughs> I like how Hillary automatically is just like, what are you up to? Like, what are you doing? And for Hillary to be in that mode, it was funny. It was, it was cool to see. Yeah. Um, really cool. And yeah, Carlton, of course, walking in super mopey here, uh, saying not only did Paula leave him, but she also gave him the flu. So now he's sick. Vivian wants him far away, and Phil instructs him to live in the pool house for a bit. Hillary fights Phil on this, but then he says, well, do you want to pay rent? And she's like, I can move my stuff out in an hour. <laughs> that was funny. I can be out in an hour. Yeah, she's not paying rent. Never. <laughs> uh, what did you think so far of this whole thing? Uh, obviously, we're still building. Uh, Will is technically with Paula, and Carlton is even more mopey, and he's sick now on top of it. Were you a fan of this episode so far? Like, I know you're not a fan of Will as a heel, but were you enjoying the episode? Um, I was enjoying half the episode. I was more enjoying the, the Jeffrey, Viv, and Phil story arc. Yes. I was not enjoying the Will Carlton stuff. And um, sometimes with these episodes, like, they'll they'll do like a... They'll focus on one storyline, and that becomes kind of like the main event. And then any yeah. other storyline is just kind of like supporting cast. And usually they get it right. They'll focus on the story that matters. In this case, I think they messed it up. They should have focused more on Phil, Viv, and Jeffrey, because that's more interesting to me. This Carlton Will stuff has both of these characters at their absolute most annoying levels going at it. And it's like, who's going to win? Who's going to win? I want a fucking draw. I want these guys both gone. Get them off my TV. I'm more yeah. interested in the uh, Phil and Viv storyline. I thought it took away. This kind of reminded me of uh, season two, episode one. Did the earth move for you? Because the more interesting storyline to me in that episode was um, Phil and Viv in the office, hanging out, drinking champagne, listening to some music. Yeah. And um, the the crazy stuff going on in the car with um, Jeffrey and the girls and Carlton. The most annoying part of that episode was all the interaction between Will and his girlfriend with the fake teeth, the fake hair, the fake everything. Um, <laughs> they were the most annoying for me, but they kept going back to them. So that's what it kind of reminded me of here. I realize, you know, that you have to tell the story about Will and Carlton, but I just thought they were both, they were, they were both written super, super annoying. What did you think so far? <laughs> I agree with that. Something I, I realized too, there's like a power struggle as to what <laughs> arc is going to be the main arc. You know what I mean? Right, I can never right, really right. tell if it's Will and Carlton or Will and Carlton or uh, Vivian and Jeffrey and Phil. It's literally like, which one is the main one? I don't know. I can't tell. You guys do so much emphasis on one and then all of a sudden the other one is like taking over that mm. it takes over to the point where you forget about the other one, but then we go to the other one and then that right. does the same thing. It's like, what the shit is going on? Like, I can't right. tell what the supporting arc is and what the main arc is. Obviously it's supposed mm -hmm. to be will it's called right. cold war, but they don't portray that enough or, or they don't do a good job of like giving us more depth to that. It's just an annoying, like to me, the will stuff should be the side stuff because that's how poorly written it is compared to the other thing. Um, <laughs> right. Anyway, that's just, that's just my opinion. In the next scene, we see Ashley and Will walk in from school. So now Ashley's scolding the hell out of Will uh, for trying to hook up with Paula. He's also sick now, so this we know what's going on. Ash says Carlton's going to put two and two together and realize what's going on. 
Will dismisses this, saying Ashley is giving Carlton way too much credit. Carlton walks in, saying how everything's spinning, and he feels awful. So he's really sick now. Will sneezes and automatically, like, kind of gets caught in the act, kind of like in Metal Gear mm-hmm. when someone sees you and the noise goes. Uh, Carlton starts interrogating him. Bunch of questions. Will tries to leave, but Carlton keeps cornering him. And he's like, that piece was mine. And I thought this was hilarious. Will goes, well, you ain't got to right. get all nasty. Yeah. <laughs> it was so stupid. Carlton goes, you shouldn't have done it, Will. Will breaks and goes, I know, but I couldn't help it. Paula was coming on to me, and I took her out. And Carlton goes, Paula? I was talking about yeah. the last piece of cheesecake. And Will's like, mm-hmm. so was I. It, it was way too late. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I, don't, I was mixed feelings about this little scene. It To me, it's kind of like... Carlton does that a lot where it goes on and on and on. He's setting up the joke like because he's trying to be so sincere, but he's an insincere character. So you know that he's going to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, whatever. I mean, it is what it is. This reminded me of the uh, the stupid story he did. Dash, that's a camping. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. There's all this buildup and it's like silly rabbit tricks. Are yeah. It's like, oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> you, you wasted my time yet again like this would have been so much better if they just right. cut to the chase right away you know like it would have been way more impactful he's like why are you sick and then whatever it comes out right, right. Away instead of this right. cheesecake shit but whatever will tries to play it off saying oh in philly we <laughs> name our food then will looks into the camera breaking the fourth wall i thought this was great and says i can't see him but y- you can is he buying it and yeah. <laughs> no well he's break. not buying it probably the only time in this episode where it's like aside from the beginning it's definitely a uh we go into space a bit, but I mean, Will's just coming up like a total douchebag, you know? Yeah, I know. He is coming off like a douchebag. Um, very unlikable. And it sucks. Cause like, this is the main character of the show. And I don't think that you should ever make him a heel. Right. And if you do make him a heel, make him a heel for, for a good reason, for a good, you know, mm-hmm. something that's going to pay off. This does not pay off. This is like, this could have easily been a, a role swap where Carlton could have been. The right. Heel. And I think it would have been a better story if it was swapped, yeah. to be honest. Um, but this this just makes me not want to like pay attention to the episode, honestly. Yeah, no, no, no. For me, exactly. It's kind of, it's kind of like the character shouldn't shouldn't do that to his cousin, you know, because that's kind of like not not Will's yeah. vibe. And we've already kind of established that they're both virgins. So I mean, what are we doing here? You know what I'm saying? So. Um, mm-hmm. it is, it's just, I don't know. I don't like Will being painted like this. Like, what are you doing? You know what I'm saying? Uh, X or not, at least in this universe, it just doesn't really work. So I didn't like that. And I kept waiting for like, okay, there's going to be some redeeming thing. And in the end, they do kind of like, eh, we'll get to it. Uh, in the next scene, we'll run it. But Carlton basically tells Will he's out of cheeks to turn. He doesn't trust Will and no longer considers him family. Carlton calls Vi. Will's mother and leaves a message in this, and then Will just starts arguing, saying like, "You know where you're, call- where, where I'm from. You never call a man's mom." Backstabbing, girlfriend stealing, piece of rubbish. Did you really expect me to believe you name your food? Hey, look, Carl. I'm telling you, man, it ain't how it seems, man. Then you didn't go out with my girlfriend behind my back. Okay, that's exactly how it seems. <laughs> but hey, look, man, I didn't do it for me. I did it for you. I did it to save you. Uh, from something terrible. As soon as I figure it out, I'll let you know what it is. Every time you've tried to hurt me, I've turned the other cheek. 
Well, I've run out of cheeks. Carl, man, what are you trying to say? I'm trying to say that, that I can't trust you anymore. Look, we're no longer family. We're through. Fini. It's over. Look, Carl, you don't mean that. I'm, you'll get over it, man. Oh, yeah? Carl, who are you calling? Your mother. I know he ain't calling my mother. Aunt Vi, it's Carlton. Call me when you get home. No, Mom, don't call him. I want to tell you how much I hate Will's guts. He's not here, Mom. He loves me. No, I don't. Your little slimer stole my girl. Mom, you know Carl never had no girl. Well, I'm glad you're out having fun, because I had to stay here, because God only knows what else he'll steal. Give me the phone. Get, get up! <laughs> hey, Mom, thanks for the sweater. Love you. <laughs> You know, Carlton calling Vi. I thought this was kind of funny, but at the same time, it's just adding to, like, for me, it was just adding to the annoyance of, of both of them. It's like, geez. Yeah, I didn't get the whole, the Vi thing didn't really tie into anything, and it went on, no. this this little part went on way too long. Yeah. To the point where Will takes the phone back and says, thanks for the sweater, Mom, love you, bye. It's like, come on, dog. Yeah. Uh, next scene, we are actually at the pool house, so we actually get a nice Jesus. shot of the pool house. From the outside and on the inside, um, so we finally get to see what this place looks like. Pretty big, man. It's, it's like as big as it's bigger than my house. Yeah, it's a big, big pool oh, house. Man. Yeah. Um. So we see Jeffrey there. He's helping Hillary pack her things to move out. Hillary tells Carlton, "As long as you stay here, you have to follow my rules. No hair in the sink, no crumbs on the carpet, and no dressing up in my clothes." Carlton. And Carlton's just like, "It was Halloween." <laughs> And then Hillary's like, well, you never returned my bustier. And then, you know, there's like an awkward, it was awkward. Mm-hmm. Uh, Will joins Carlton on the bed. He's in his like pajamas. He's He's got those swagged out pajamas that he always likes to bring. Right. In there's like a matching snapback and like socks. Yeah. Um, so he's there and he's like, well, Vivian won't let me in the house either since I'm sick. Carlton says, well, you're not staying here. Why don't you go stay with Paula? And Will says, I asked her parents. Well, I asked her and her parents wouldn't let me. Then I hated this too. Carlton's like, she has parents. Wow, she never introduced me. She said they were dead. Like, what do you? Uh, gee, I don't know. I, I when he's like, she has parents. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I don't like it. Yeah, it's a goofy throwaway yeah. line that doesn't really fit the episode. It more fits like a Mars episode or a Saturn episode. Here, it's just kind of like, wait, what? Are we being serious or are we not being serious? Like, what is the angle here? Um, I think. We're in season three, we're definitely seeing like the the creators, the writers, they are having uh, issues sort of moving the series forward. And it seems like they don't know whether the episodes should steer more into like, you know, the the sort of the pop culture world and bring in different stars. Should we dive back and tell more like family stories like in season one? Should we introduce new characters? Should we go to space? So that's where we're kind of getting all these different experiences. Episode to episode is just such a jarring experience that you don't know. Um, like you were saying earlier, you don't know what the next two episodes are going to be like. It could be like a Come to Jesus episode. It could be an overstuffed right. show where like Jazzy Jeff shows up and there's like three cameos and there's all kinds of other stuff. So you really don't know. Season three's been, uh, I would say at this point, uh, underwhelming for sure. Definitely in the negative. Not something I'm going to look back at. Right. Um, I'm watching this series on DVD, and I got to... Um, the, after this episode was done, I was done the second disc, and every every season has four discs. 
when I got the third disc ready for next week, I'm like, I'm halfway through this thing. I'm halfway through this thing and I'm not happy with mm. it. Like this thing has so much work to do from here on out. If it's going to change my opinion on the season, like these next two discs better be filled with awesome ass episodes. Right. But unfortunately I don't think that's going to be the case, but we'll see. Um, I will, um, I will slightly disagree on you about one thing. I know we were, we've been shitting on Phil for being like a heel. And um, what I will say about Phil is I would much rather have the Phil in this episode who seems like a more grounded Phil, like more normal Phil, like not trying to kill Carlton or Will or anything like that. Then kind of like that really aggressive Phil that like what calls Carlton stupid. And he hasn't, he's been like yeah. nice to Carlton lately. Um, and, and, you know, kicked whale out you know and stuff like that like he did all these heelish things this is a more grounded phil and I really like that part where they're looking for the results in the kitchen and he goes uh he goes oh i found it and she vim's like you did you found the results she goes no i found this little uh chocolate easter bunny that i've been looking for all all, all week or whatever <laughs> it's just so ridiculous but uh yeah, yeah. It. Uh, I do prefer this Phil. I feel like we're 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 getting a more grounded Phil, which is the Phil that I like the the wholesome that, uh, Phil that I want to give a big hair, bear Phil hug to. Being a heel in this episode, though, um, maybe the last episode. But uh, yeah, no, this Phil. This is the Phil I like. Like, just have a Phil that's like kind of involved. Maybe in the, the last life, episode, not really. Like, have him you know yeah. deal with his own stuff. I, I would much prefer Phil. Like, he can be involved, obviously, every now and then, but. Unless it's something about Ashley, who's the youngest and obviously needs more parental guidance, like just have Phil do his own thing. Give him right. the works. Give him the stories. Let us love Phil for who he is instead of just being this heel that has to scold the the two kids or all the kids, right? Uh, you know, so frequently because that's what we've been seeing. Um, anyway, yeah, go ahead. <clears throat> right. I like how they. Uh, I like how COVID the Banks ready. family is like COVID ready. Like if anybody starts having any symptoms, you get yeah, demoted yeah. to the uh, the pool house. <laughs> you know what I mean? Until you get vaccinated and then you feel better. But um, oh yeah, and we need to get yeah. Will some vitamins because this is like the second or third time that he's gotten sick. Remember, ill Will. Damn Will. Although that was a little bit different, but. Uh, yeah, Will does get yeah, ill, yeah. and this one again. So you know, uh, so it is Carlson what it is. Says that yeah, he yeah, thought that ill, her parents were Will. dead, or that's what she said, or whatever. And then he's like, "Wow, now I really hate you because he got to meet the parents." Will then pushes Carlton off the mattress. Says, "Then get off my bed." Then Will with the low blow here says, "Oh man, nice firm mattress, just like the one at Paula's house." Carlton says, first you steal my woman, now my bed." Will says, "I didn't steal her. I saved her, and she thanked me." Over and over and over again. We then get a bit ridiculous. Will splits the room and says, I'll watch some TV since it's on my side. Carlton has the remote on his side of the room, however, and he tosses it outside. And this whole thing ends in like a big ass pillow fight between two, two men. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, in the next scene, like, I don't know. Look, before I go on, th this was automatically the nail in the coffin yeah. for me. Once it got to this point, I was like, what are we doing? Uh, bah. In the next scene, we see Phil and Vivian giving oh, okay. Jeffrey the night off. When he leaves, they snap. They start looking for the sonogram. They're searching the kitchen everywhere. Uh, it's the only place that they haven't looked in the whole damn house yet. 
Back at the pool house, we go back to what Carlton and Will are doing. They're still pillow fighting, but they're in terrible shape. The sickness has taken over. They both look like they have COVID. Paul leave, uh, Paula leaves a voicemail saying, I heard you were sick. I wish I could be there with you. I know exactly how I'd make you feel better. So sh- this voicemail is going on, and while it's going on, they're, uh, Carlton and Will like, are like army crawling to the phone. But by the time they get there, like she's gone. She said what she had to say, and the voicemail's over. And then they, des- they then all of a sudden get a second win. They decide to fight. And then like Carlton just straight up punches Will in the gut, like a straight up just punch to the gut. Yeah, now I'm seeing assault. I was just like, whoa, damn. That was... Yeah. Like, like Will didn't fight back. He was generally, like, hurt. He crawled back to the mattress and just laid there. Um, yeah. What did you think of this? all this so far? Pillow fighting and all. It was just crazy. Also, Will's fucking gross for wearing his shoes in his bed. Like, that <laughs> made me so uncomfortable to watch that. And I'm like, Will, are you fucking kidding me right he now? Not wear He's wearing, like, his Doc Martens or whatever on the fucking bed. Like, oh, come on, dog. Yeah. No, but uh, I do like this. The uh, I do like the pool house. It's a nice pool house, and uh, we'll obviously see it again. But I'm glad time. that you clarified that because I was also wondering. I'm like, is this the first time that we're seeing the pool house? And uh, I guess it is, right? Couldn't be better. And so I do like when episodes show us different um, sets. I like the uh, the limousine last la- for my episode, and it's funny because with that limousine, it can get very boring very quickly. And there were multiple scenes shot in the limousine, and I think it just paid more, uh, more, more, more of. Um, it just really shows you how good you know Vanessa Williams and Will were to to keep the the episode going in such a tight space in terms of a set, because uh, sometimes it's hard to to write for for a specific tight little um, area like that without it getting bored or whatever. But Tony also helped by coming in and being, oh, what's going on with this pipeline? It's just so fucking hilarious. Um, so we got to see that. Um, there was another scene where, you know, uh, where the breathing exercises where uh, Viv ended up going. So, And then in this episode here to see the, uh, the pool house, um, it's cool. At least we're getting a little bit more variety with our our shots because I don't know how many restaurant dinner scenes we can do where it's the same restaurant just with like a different background. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, we'll run the scene here with Will and Carlton, but basically they finally have a conversation. Will comes clean saying he told Paula that Carlton had tuberculosis, how he had a hand puppet and that he uh, secretly always wanted them to break up. Then Carlton comes clean on a few things with Will, uh, you know, some something about his one of his past relationships and then, uh, he's like, oh, you know, Ashley's been acting funny with you. It's because I told her that you shaved your legs. No, man, I'm, I'm going to be straight up with you. I'm, I'm going to tell you everything that happened between me and Paula. First time you brought her over here, man. God, I thought she was so fine. And I wanted y'all to break up. Well, it's very honest, Will. But I'm still mad. I guess I'll have to live with it. Wait. There, there's more. I told her you had tuberculosis. <laughs> you what? I, was, I don't know, man. It just came to me. I'm sorry. I can't believe you did that. Well, I'm going to dig way down deep inside, and maybe in time I'll be able to forgive you. Wait. <laughs> there, there's more. I told her about your hand puppet. You told her about Binky? I'll kill you! 
No, I won't. I'm bigger than that. I guess I'll be honest, too. You remember when Letitia suddenly stopped calling you? Yeah? Well, I told her you worship Satan. Fair is fair. I'm a man. I can live with that. I can live with that. Look, wait. There's more. You notice how Ashley has been acting very funny around you lately? Yeah? Well, I told her you shave your legs. <laughs> what kind of monster are you? Sorry, Will. Just feeling a little jealous of your relationship. No, no, that's unforgivable. That's totally unforgivable. Um, wait. There's more. You, you remember your friend Jazz? Oh, my God, what did you do with Jazz? You know that funky smell coming from the basement? Psych. <laughs> this honesty thing feels great. What do you say we tell Jeffrey why his citizenship never came through? They're so, like, happy about being honest with each other that Carlton's like, this honesty thing is great. Why don't we tell Jeffrey why his citizenship never came through? Wow. Jeffrey just, Jeffrey just happened to be, like, walking in. Yeah. Um, I said, uh, sorry, I said this was funny. It wasn't funny. It was just like, you motherfuckers are a piece of just fucking bullshit. Right. I thought that was just awful, man. It was not funny at all. <laughs> Jesus. And let's just get through this last scene here. The Banks house, everybody's uh, having Vivian's oatmeal. It doesn't look great. Will is the first one to say that the oatmeal tastes like drywall with raisins in it. Uh, keeping with the honesty. He also tells Phil to stop wearing silk because it doesn't look good on bigger people. Jesus. Jeffrey comes in saying, I'm bloody sick of you people going through my drawers. Here's the envelope. I hope you get what you're looking for. Phil opens it. It turns out to be a bill for $25,000. Phil says, this baby is costing me a fortune. Then Will closes the show off by saying, congratulations, you're having a Hillary. <laughs> the end. That was the best line of the show was that last you're having a Hillary part just because whatever expensive stuff. Uh, Chris, what'd you think of this scene? Last scene here. What was the bill for? What was the $25,000 bill for? I think it was the, um, I could be mistaken. It could be the hospital stuff that they've been doing, or it could be the, uh, the classes. I forget what, what it was, but it had something to do with their visits somewhere about the baby. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah. Ah, the last scene was whatever. Yeah, it's, you know, the, the last scene was whatever. I didn't really... Um, You're like me. I had no thoughts. I was like, okay, well... It's I, had, I had no thoughts about this last scene. Yeah. I thought it was fine. Um, this is probably the first episode that about halfway in, I just couldn't wait for it to be over. I'm like, okay, I'm done with this episode. There's nothing here that I need to see. Um, and I saw this episode twice. Jesus. So, no, this last scene didn't do anything. That sums up this whole episode to me. It's just like, it could have just not have been made. Like, that's where it is right now. My zinger of the episode is when Phil goes to Will. Interesting you should bring that up. I had a case like that come before me just recently. Really? Uh, word up. <laughs> now, this guy started going out with his best friend's girl hours after they broke up. Whoa, he waited that long? Well, this other guy didn't think it was that long. He was very jealous and he shot his friend. Did? No. Let's just say he's uh, two olives short of a martini. <laughs> Ooh. 
So before your friend starts raiding any villages, you better be sure it's worth it. I just like the way Phil says, no, let's say he's two olives short of a martini. Because <laughs> it's such a stupid line. I always like saying shit like that. Like, oh, he's two chicken nuggets short of a six-pack. Oh, what do you think about Tom? Oh, he's a couple of french fries short of a medium, but overall he's a good dude, whatever. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, that's my zinger. And give me your final thoughts on this episode. All right, final thoughts. I saw this episode uh, twice. Uh, some of the things that I liked, I liked Phil uh, just returning to back to a normal good guy Phil. Even though he starts off by not wanting, uh, you know, by not um, just being a kind of a, a dingbat, right? With with respect to the results of the uh, the baby thing. So I guess you kind of answered your own question, Ryan. The new story arc is going to be uh, getting ready for the baby. You know, that seems to kind of be the uh, the next story arc that we're setting up here. But I like I enjoyed Phil. I enjoyed him. You know, finding the the chocolate in the kitchen when they were looking for stuff. Um, some of the verbiage between him and um, and Vivian is really nice, um, but I found that the you know the the cold war between Carlton is and Will, um, I think it's a missed opportunity. It wasn't done quite the way in any kind of interesting way. Uh, the pillow fighting, the 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 fighting each other so that they can get to the phone and answer the phone and stuff like that. It was all just very, you know, just kind of seemed a little bit overdone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I also thought a lot of the jokes just didn't hit. There was a lot of a lot of little parts where the jokes, you know, they try to add layers to it, but um, it just didn't work or it just didn't make uh, make sense. You know, especially when they're they're fighting over the phone and you know they start calling Vi and stuff like that. It just seemed like it was yeah. just a little bit extra. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then, and then, you know, are we taking this serious or not? Like, Will's breaking down, like, the fourth wall. And can you tell that he's not buying it? It's like, <laughs> I mean, if you're popping out like that and not giving a shit, exactly. why should we as viewers? You know what I'm saying? So I didn't like that. Um, I thought the line about, uh, gee, let's not tell Jeffrey why his citizen papers didn't come in. That was a little mean, especially when Jeffrey's like one of the sweetest uh, characters yeah. that you do have on a show like this. Um, I will agree with something that you said uh, earlier. Yeah, this episode definitely is like a return to form, right? With respect to just telling more oatmeal raisin based, you know, bank stories and stuff like that. But I found that a lot of the content was repetitive. A lot of the jokes were repetitive, like Carlton leading you on to think that he had this really important thing to say, you know, only for him to flip it. And it's about something else. Um, Vivian, yeah. Vivian uh, serving the oatmeal. We've, we had a scene just like that, like last season where she was preparing breakfast or whatever. And the kids were like, we're good, mom. Thank you. Um, and they were like dumping it on the ground or whatever the hell it was. Um, so I think a lot of that stuff didn't work, you know, um, even Hillary's lines to Carlton about, you know, oh, it's Halloween and oh, it was just a one time, you know, and I get it. Like that seems to be like a running joke, whether she was saying that, you know, uh, Carl, she was accusing Carlton of stealing her the, the Teddy, Teddy Ruxpin doll or whatever the <laughs> hell it was like there always, there always seems to be like a, like a side gag there, which is fine, but I just didn't really think it was needed in this episode. But at the same time, it was an unbalanced episode. They spent way too much time with Carlton and Will. I am aware it's called the uh, the Cold War. I just think it was a very uninteresting Cold War. So 
unfortunately for me, this is a big swing and a miss. And um, this episode now becomes, for me, my lowest rated episode. I'm going to give this one a 3 out of 10. And um, I did not I did not enjoy it at all. So, yeah, sorry about that. Okay, so you gave it a what? A 3 out of 10. Snap. snap rooney The thing is, I'm not even surprised. Uh, my score is going to come in at a 3 out of 10 as well. Um, I was <laughs> debating on giving it a 4. But then, like, the more we talk about this, the worse it gets to me. Um, so I'm going to also bump it back to a 3. So 6 out of 20 is a terrible score. Um, I just... There's so much that went wrong here. And it was something that was supposed to be so simple. You didn't have any extra locations. You didn't have any crazy storylines. You didn't have any guest characters. This was literally all in-house as it gets with your normal cast, your normal crew, I'm assuming. How this happened, I have no idea. How did you get off this far off the rails of what made the show great? Like, when I saw that this was going to be like just a very simple episode especially coming off the one we were just on i was excited i was like okay cool like this should be good uh, this should be good but it just kept disappointing me more and more and the will and carlton stuff is literally what what ruined it for me the sonogram stuff is the better part of this episode but even then that wasn't the best executed thing so now i'm here just like wow i really uh dislike this and this might be the first time where i'm just like don't watch this episode like to anybody just don't watch it it's a waste of time and um, you know you could do a lot better especially i'll even say you could do a lot better in season three which has been mediocre at best um this is just not not happening it's not a good episode at all it's a it's a waste like yeah you could have the little spurts of like good lines and good deliveries and the acting is great yes but when you have a whole show doing you know what you're doing it's like okay what is the point of this? I could just skip this and watch something better within the series itself. So it's 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 a waste. It was a waste. It was honestly a waste of of everything. Resources, time. <laughs> you paid these people for no reason. Um, it wasn't good. So yeah, I'm gonna give it a uh, three out of ten as well. It's funny because when Carlton and Will go at it, you know, they'll go at it and it'll be fair play. Like Will will, will, will make fun of Carlton and Carlton will sometimes make fun of Will. And uh, usually Will will get the better of the exchanges, but we move on, exactly. right? And it's fine. Uh, but I find that sometimes sometimes the jab is a little bit too stiff. Like, like for example, Will telling uh, Carlton's ex-girlfriend that he had tuberculosis. <laughs> like, what? Jeez. That's insane, you know? Um, just stuff like that, you know? I just didn't like the way that this was... Uh, I just didn't like the way that this episode was presented. I don't like Will and Carlton getting all cutesy and having these wrestling matches, you know what I mean? I think part of the problem, the biggest problem for me is I don't know whether to take this episode serious or not. And I know there's somebody out there saying, well, it's a sitcom, you fuck. Obviously, you don't. I get that. But this is also a, a show that can get really, really serious yeah. at times. And there's there's other times where it gets really, really serious. And then it's like, psych! I get all that. That's fine. I'm okay with that. But this episode just felt like it was it was like searching for its identity. It couldn't tell if it wanted to be a serious episode or or a jokey one. Right? With the tropes right. of, you know, literally Viv and Phil running around looking for this, uh, you know, test result or whatever the fuck, right? So, just... Uh, 
Just not a good one. I would not bring this one to the island with me. Instead, I would put it on a ship and send it to its own island so that it can live there and fuck off for all of eternity. Two out of ten. No, I'm kidding. Three out of ten. And, uh, yeah, it's too bad. Three out of ten. And my overall score for season three is not that far behind. But, yeah, three <laughs> out of ten. That's the ultimate go fuck yourself. I'd put you on an island. Uh, anyway, we'll be right back to close this after some uh, Joiner Lucas. The song is called Will. This is literally a, I follow this artist. He's this is Wow, this is not like you at all. <laughs> uh, this is not like me at all. This is what I usually listen to. But no, this is a Joiner Lucas. He's a rapper and he made a, a song called Will. It's literally a tribute to Will Smith. Like in the music video, he went through all of Will's roles, like dressed up as him and they keep changing. It's so yep. cool, man. And he's literally like just giving him his flowers while he's still alive. And he acknowledges that like, you know, nothing worse than than uh losing your heroes and you couldn't say bye so it's like damn i was just gonna say nice little thing was will this caught the attention of will smith and they they there's a youtube video where they they have like a, a skype call because this was during covid um and they, they get to conversate and they have a nice little conversation it was so cool yeah it is awesome yeah you sent me this a while back um even before we even did the podcast you yeah, sent me this yeah. and i checked it out i remember liking it and yeah, it's cool because he does dress up yeah. as Will, uh, as different versions of Will in the in the music video, yeah, which is yeah. really cool. But it's done and edited really, really tight. We'll be right back. Like we used to look up the field, I know that you will. I lay a brick at a time for something I know I could be. 
I got some secrets and weapons that might just leave a concussion. Give me three wishes, I think I'm Aladdin, but they ain't no genie to bless us. I ain't had nothing, just me and the heater at night if you sleep on a dresser. I cannot fold, I hit on my goals, I did it with pride. Ain't nothing worse than losing your hero and couldn't say bye. And we never know, just when it's our time, and legends are gone, and we don't know why. So before they go, look, here go a toast, so give them a rose while they still alive. I'm feeling like Will, I feel like a prince, I'm feeling myself. I'm loaded with bills, cause I wasn't blessed with no Uncle Phil. Don't know how it feels, I wanted to flex, they told me to chill. I'm making a flip, my life is a flick. Mm. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for another episode of the podcast, Fresh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Thank you so much for downloading this episode. 33 episodes up, 33 episodes down. We will be back next week to talk some more. Um, in the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter at Podcast Fresh, uh, T-O, excusez-moi, or Instagram at Podcast Fresh, and you can have all the updates for the different shows, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I'm usually manning the Podcast Fresh T.O. Uh, Twitter uh, handle. You can go on there. It's going to be a very busy weekend. So uh, if you get this in time for uh, this weekend, this weekend being May, uh, let me see here, May, papadi poop, uh, May 14, 15, 16 is a huge, um, pretty big weekend in terms of sports and stuff like that. So I'll probably be on there. So you can check me out on Twitter. Um Last Wrestling Podcast comes out every Sunday. Uh, we we did do another episode just this past week, a solo one of myself, obviously, um, where I just talked about several different topics. We got the WrestleMania backlash coming up this weekend, so there'll be a preview show up for that one. Um, and yeah, check out that uh, that show every Sunday. Yes, and if you uh, are interested, you can follow my personal account at official underscore acapello. You could follow Chris at Torres Unlimited. Um, write into us, email podcast fresh 2020 at gmail.com. And, uh, you know, I hope you guys look forward to the cafe every week. That comes out every weekend. Uh, tune in this weekend. We'll be talking about um, E3 and the interesting things that E3 is going to be doing to maybe stick out from the competition of um, live stream gaming events because they announced something today that I thought was pretty cool I'd like to talk about tomorrow. And uh, New School versus Old School. We're going to name our top five Switch games that we'd like to have on the Switch regardless of uh, exclusivity or whatever. So that should be a good time. And yeah, that's all I got to say. All right, next week we're going to cover Mommy Nearest. That's the one where Will's mother is in town after a broken engagement with Robert. She tells Will that after he graduates from high school, he can move back to Philly. Will wants to stay in California for college, so I think we're going to go see Jesus on that one. Uh, Ryan doesn't remember it. I'm just going to assume he doesn't remember it. And then Ryan will take on Winner Takes Off in, in an attempt to get back at Jeffrey. Will and Carlton give him a fake lottery ticket and trick him into thinking he won $26 million fucking dollars. As a response, Jeffrey quits, and the boys must convince him to come back. Good Lord, I remember that episode. That is one of those like classic episodes that everybody remembers. Um, so yeah that'll be fun to take care of those two episodes that's coming up next week until then everybody have a good night stay safe goodbye stay fresh 
podcast fresh. <laughs>